you so much, praise band, praise team. We will now have the Advent candle lighting, read by Rufus and Yvonne Sims. walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who live in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Today we remember the prophets of old who demanded to be heard, who dared to speak of a child to come, unexpected liberator of the people, vulnerable incarnation of the holiest of holies, a new name for God. Today we give thanks for the prophets among us who bring us new visions of hope, who challenge us to think outside who show us a future we never anticipated. On this first Sunday of Advent, we light this candle as a symbol of the prophets who, who renew our faith and remind us of what may be like, of what may be. everybody so that means what <coughs> we're looking forward to the birth of christ right here we are 2022 advent sunday already but we praise god don't we so we are going to go to god in prayer lord we just say thank you for just being your yourself being our father god thank you for being our friend lord we thank you, God, for just bringing us here another Lord's Day, just to be able to give you praise one more chance, God. We just say thank you for waking us up this morning, Lord, giving us the health and strength and the mind to come and worship you, Lord. 
we are coming to you this Advent Sunday, Lord. We are coming to you before you for everybody around the world that they would know what Advent Sunday means, that they would know that we are looking forward to your son, Jesus Christ, God, not just being born in a manger, but returning to us here on earth. We are looking forward to God's, that your son's return, Lord. And we just say thank you that you have a good plan and purpose for us this Advent season, God. There are many of people who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but we are praying and petition for those that need a Savior, that need to know Jesus Christ, that are unsaved, our unsaved loved ones, Lord, those that we may or may not know. God, we know that we need you. We need you today. We need you in our life. We need you in our families. We need you in our finances. We need you in our church, Lord. We need you to lead and guide our lives, and we just say thank you, Lord, for your Prince of Peace today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are our Father and our friend, and you have a good and um, good, perfect plan for our lives. And we just say thank you for what you have for us and our church this Advent season, God. Thank you for teaching us, Lord, through the scriptures, what it is that you have for us. Thank you for teaching us, Lord. Um, through our pastors, for myself and Pastor Kelly, Lord, and we ask you just to lead us and guide us in a way that is sacrificial to you, Lord. Help us to all to, to live our lives so people would know that there is a God, know that there is Jesus Christ, and he is real, that he is coming back for us once again, and we need to be saved, and we need a father, we need a friend. So we just say thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done for us to prepare us to know about Christ, God. We are praying for our sick and our shut-ins today, Lord. We just say thank you, Lord, for just being able to just send out those baskets, those fruit baskets. Thank you, Lord, for Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for just everything that happened this past week, being able to serve and then being able to be around our family and our friends this week, Lord. We are just so thankful. I'm, I'm just so prayerful that people are actually thankful for something this year because we don't have to have any anything. God, we just thank you for life, for waking us up. But you don't just give us just a minimum. You are abundant above and beyond, God. You are a running over, God. And we just say thank you, Lord, for the hope that you put in our lives that we can look forward to. So we are praying for our sick and shut in today, Lord, that you will give them continued hope and trust in you. Things are hard for them, Lord, especially when we're in pain. When we're in pain, it's hard to give you praise. It's hard to say, thank you, Lord. It's hard to say, what is my plan for my life? What is your purpose and plan for us today when we're struggling and when we're in pain and when we're hurting, God? But we ask you for that peace. We thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, the wonderful counselor and the prince of peace today, Lord, that you are comforting um, your, your, uh, your people today, Lord. So we just ask you for healing for our sick and our shut-in. Lord, we are um, asking for hope and for peace for those that are incarcerated, Lord. God, it is hard, again, to, to look to you for hope for anything, for a purpose for life. When we're locked up, God, we ask you, Lord, to, to set those that are incarcerated free, Lord, in their spirit, in their minds, and help them to be free to serve you, Lord, right where they are. There are so many people that are not in service today, God. And I ask you, Lord, to help them to serve you right where they are, right in their faith, God. Help us to just move forward in our faith as a church and have hope in you, Lord. God, we are praying for our, the health of our church. 
we crave that Jesus is the main attraction here at New Life in Calvary, God. Help us to look to your son as the mission of this church, the head of our church, God. And we just say thank you, Lord, for the mission and the purpose of New Life at Calvary, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to just continue to guide us in everything that we're going through, Lord. There are some things going on in the world, and they are not really good. But we thank you, Lord, that you are good, and we can look to you when things are down. And we just say thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of trouble, even in the valley, you are still our shepherd. Even through the valley of the shadow of death, that you lead us and you guide us. So there are some hard times, God. There are some people that are being killed, Lord, and it's hard to deal with that. God, we pray for those that are going through bereavement, Lord, those that are going through grief in this season of Advent. Sometimes it's hard for us to look to Christmas and look to your son, Jesus, when we have our own things going on in our lives, Lord. So we ask you to free us, Lord, from our grief and our and our strain and our, our misery, Lord, and help us to just to be at peace with our loved ones that may have gone on to be with you, Lord. We are asking you, Lord, to just help us to go out into the world today and encourage those that need encouragement because some people don't have family. Some people are missing somebody, God, and help us to be the body of Christ, friends and family, Lord, the unit of care that you use us to wrap our hands around every single person, Lord. And we ask you this continued uh, mission in Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. Amen. So let us rise wherever we are and let us recite our church purpose statement. In response to God's love, our purpose is to love others, teach the word of God, and reach the world for Christ. Therefore, as a covenant partner, I will invite others to come and join me in worship. I will be a part of a small group Bible fellowship to grow in Christ. I will serve in the ministry with my gifts and talents. I will do my part in faithfully giving my tithes and offerings to keep the ministry of Jesus Christ alive in the world. I will love all those who enter our doors and accept them in our midst. Amen. Amen. We're going to have a scripture reader, Miss Bessie Smith, today. Good morning. This morning, um, I'm going to be reading from Isaiah verses six through chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a, child is to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over the king, over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. 
also from Old Testament. <laughs> I'll be reading Micah uh, chapter 5, verses 2 through 4. But you, Bethlehem of Ephrathra, <laughs> though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come me and one who will be ruler of, over Israel, whose origins are from, from of old in ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when, his, when she is who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd, shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in, in the majesty of the name of the Lord and his God. And they will, they will live securely for them in his greatness and reach the ends of the earth. God blesses the reading and the listening of this word. Thank you so much, Miss Daffy. Does anybody know what time it is? And what do we say? So help me out, this Sunday, what Sunday is this Sunday? It is the fourth Sunday, thank you so much. And this Sunday, after our tithes, um, and after our, we're gonna, our offering goes to two cents a meal, um, anybody had a good dinner on Thanksgiving this week? Amen. <laughs> we ask you to give remembering that wonderful meal you had this week. And somebody didn't have a meal this week. Unfortunately, we did serve. We had a great time serving here at the church, but somebody did not eat. So we are asking you to consider all the meals that you've given, eaten this week and give two cents per meal to somebody else. Amen. So our ushers are getting ready to come down for our offering, and we are going to go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you for blessing us this week, for being our provider and for giving us everything that we need, Lord. We are praying, Lord, that you bless our offering today to the goodness of your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. And if you are not giving in service, we have different ways for you to give. You can give on NLAC.TV. You can give on Cash App, the dollar sign, number two, NLAC. Or you can also mail in or drop off your offering at 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. Again, that's 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. Amen. So as you are giving, I will be singing the song today. Hallelujah. This baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy, and I just want to sing this song to you. 
like this. The fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift. With every breath, I'm singing hallelujah.
Nobody had to call the police. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we know it's been some holidays where, you know, it's, it's been some tense situations. So I'm so glad that everyone had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving holiday with your family. And, and already before uh, really Thanksgiving even started, we already saw the the Christmas ornaments in the stores and the trees was out, the lights was out. And did anybody get their lights up at your house? Your tree, okay. <laughs> Couple of y'all got, did anybody got their tree up? <laughs> no. Okay. You got your wreath up? <laughs> okay. That's good. So we, we working our way. You know, y'all like me, you like to take your time, enjoy Halloween, then enjoy Thanksgiving, then now you can get started on Christmas, right? <laughs> Praise God. So we uh, have a sermon today, you all. We are starting our Advent sermon series, and uh, we're going to be fo- focusing on some Christmas messages. And our title, if you look at that with me right now, what's the title of today's message? The Biblical Version. <laughs> so before we go for it, let us begin in prayer. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for this, your season, Lord, a season of hope, a season of love, a season of joy, and a season of peace. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will continue to speak to our hearts and our minds. Help us, Lord, to walk the walk and talk the talk each and every day. We want to be found in your favor. Gracious God, open up your word so that we can truly, truly dive in and understand exactly what it is you desire of each and every one of us. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. So we're talking about a Christmas story, the biblical version. And this first part one is called the announcement. Say announcement. And we are the announcement of Isaiah and Micah. But before we get into the story of the biblical version of the Christmas story, I want to know what some of your favorite Christmas stories. What's some of your favorite Christmas stories? Your favorite Christmas book, your favorite Christmas movie, your favorite Christmas Home Alone 1 and 2, okay? <laughs> yep, you said Christmas Vacation? The Griswold Family which yeah, Griswold Family Vacation? A Wonderful Life, that's a good one, old one, good one. Miracle on 34th Street. Charlie Brown. The, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas, <laughs> yes. Charlie, Brown, Charlie Cr- Brown. Us adults don't want to admit that we still watch The Grinch and we still watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> that's a classic right there. Yeah. It seems like you haven't had Christmas without that Charlie Brown Christmas, <laughs> right? A Christmas Carol. That's the one with the... Um, the the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future, right? Any, uh, somebody said something. A, a Christmas story with the Christmas story house. I was waiting for somebody. That's my favorite one. <laughs> uh, anybody been to the Christmas story house? Oh, y'all got to go to the Christmas story house. It is fantastic, especially if you've seen the movie. It is so good. And because um, when you go for the tour, I just you just said you like Home Alone. <laughs> But when you go for the tour of a Christmas story house, anybody that grew up in Cleveland, the house will remind you of the house you grew up in. Because even though the movie was filmed in the 80s, most Cleveland homes still had stuff from 
the 40s and the 30s and the 50s so they could just use the house as it was. And so when I walked in, I said, my grandmother had those dishes. We had them same pots and pans in my house. But I love a Christmas story. Any other stories that you all didn't get to mention? Did somebody say Rudolph uh, the Red-Nosed Reindeer? That was actually a story and a song. What about Twas the Night Before Christmas? That's a good one, right? <laughs> so we got all these Christmas stories, and these Christmas stories hint at what the the real story of Christmas is, but none of them actually get to the point of what the Christmas story is really about, do they? What is the Christmas story really about? Jesus, right? So that's why we're telling the Christmas story, a biblical version. And sometimes we hear that the, the men are going to the nativity, right? They're going to the play. So it's all these ways for us to hear this story. And over the next five weeks, we are going to tell a Christmas story, the biblical version, over the next five weeks. And we're going to meet the real people of Christmas, the real characters that were in the Christmas story. We're going to meet people like Isaiah and Micah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph and the Magi and King Herod and Simeon and Anna and Jesus and you and me. Because did you know that you're part of the Christmas story? <laughs> Y'all like, I'm not in the Christmas story. Yes, you are in the Christmas story. So we're going to talk about what Christmas is really all about. How many of us can, who can tell me where does, the, what, what was the first act, first scene of the Christmas story? Y'all like nervous to answer, like I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> Most of us think the Christmas story, oh, here we go, Lori. It starts with what? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And who else is in that story with Elizabeth. Mary, Mary's in the story. Was it anything that happened before Elizabeth and Mary? The angel, the angel's visit, right? What did the angel do? The angel came and said, don't be afraid, and it was uh, explaining to Mary what was about to happen. So y'all got the gist of the angel's, uh, the Christmas story. How many of us have seen stories like Star Wars or Star Trek, those big movies in the movie theater, right? And when they tell the story, the first time you see it, you're like, this is what happened. But then they go back and they give you a part three, a part four, and a part five, and part six on some of them, part seven. And some of those final parts will actually take you way, way back to before the story ever began. And so that's where we're going today. We're going way back. If you notice in today's scripture reading, we had two Old Testament scriptures, right? That's not normal. <laughs> Normally, you have an Old Testament and a New Testament. Today, we had two Old Testament scripture readings for a very uh, real purpose. You see... The story of Jesus and the story of Christmas actually begins in the Old Testament. It began long before Jesus ever entered the earth. And it began with two prophets, the prophets Isaiah and Micah. Say Isaiah and Micah. Now, I want us to think about what was life like just in the Old Testament. I'm talking about you don't have no New Testament you don't have disciples. You don't have Matthew, Mark. You don't have none of those. You don't have the Apostle Paul. You don't have John. You don't have any of those stories. 
Those stories do not exist for us right now at New Life at Calvary. All we have is up through Malachi. That's our last Bible. What would life be like if all you knew was up to the Old Testament? What'd you say? We would still be under the law, right? There would be no Christmas, no Christmas presents, no Easter. <laughs> None of this stuff that we get to do right now, right? We wouldn't even have real evidence that we are saved by the blood of Jesus because none of that has happened. We are in the Old Testament. Tell your neighbor we're in the Old Testament today. We're in the Old Testament, and there are two prophets. What did I tell you their names were? Micah and Isaiah, or Isaiah and Micah. And they were prophets that were preaching along at the same time. And both of them had some interesting messages. Both of them had to tell the Israelites, we are about to be destroyed. So they had this message of, you know, doom and gloom. But they also had this message of hope. We're going to go through this great big suffering, but at the end of it all, there is hope. Tell your neighbor there is some hope. What is it like to be the pastor, the preacher, the prophet that has to get up and tell everybody about something that's not going to happen for 700 years? <laughs> this is what Isaiah and Micah had to get up and do. They had to stand before everyone and say, the Savior will be born. And they probably was looking at them like, well, when? What's, when they coming? When is the Savior going to get here? It took 700 years. Tell your neighbor, 700 years. <laughs> That's longer than a lot of things, right? United States hasn't existed for 700 years. It took a long time for their prophecies to be proven true. So what was that like to have to stand there and tell all of the people, you know what, we're going to get saved one day, but it's going to take a long time for it to happen. Would any of you gladly and joyfully get up and give that message? Anybody? <laughs> I want to be the pastor that has to get up and say, something's going to happen, but wait. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> but the prophecy is what begins the Christmas story. The prophecy was a part of God's plan. You see, he knew his people. God knows us so well. We are always acting up, right? The Israelites are always acting up. They get it right one day, and the next day they messing up again. They get it right again the next day, and the next day after that, they messing up again. And so God put a plan in place for all of us, say all of us, and it began many years ago. I want us to look at, uh, T, can you pull up this, the scripture that we uh, read today from Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Oh, that's tiny. <laughs> Jasmine on vacation, y'all. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She got to have a little day off. That's good. So I'm going to actually get my Bible so I can see that because that one is hard to see. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And for those of you that can read it with me, it says, For to us 
a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. So that's Isaiah, and he's telling the story that a child will be born, and that child will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So then Micah, he's at a whole nother location, and he's also preaching and prophesying the same thing. Let's see if we can bring up Micah's scripture and see how big that one might be. <laughs> it's, oh, it's already marked. Thank you, Pearly. Pearly, have us together. Chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel from whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. That's amazing. You all may not see this, but Micah not only prophesied that Jesus was going to be born, he prophesied the exact city where he was going to come from. What city did he come from? Bethlehem. He could have came from anywhere because Isaiah was a little vague. He said a child was going to be born. Micah's like, I'm going to get real specific. Now, you know that most of us will not get up here and tell somebody else the Savior going to be born in Cleveland, Ohio, because most of us would know we really don't know where the Savior going to be born. <laughs> we wouldn't want to tell that lie, would we? So it's nicer to be kind of vague in general. Isaiah's like, a child is going to be born. Micah's like, I'm going to tell you exactly where that child is going to be born. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. But once again, what is it like to get up and have to share this message? And you know it's not going to come true for hundreds of years. Again, would anybody, would anybody in this room be willing to preach that message? So it took a lot of courage for both Isaiah and Micah to start the Christmas story hundreds of years before the Christmas story ever came to be. They started telling everyone it is going to be a savior to enter into the world, and that savior will be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Almighty God. That's just amazing. Why are they telling this story? Why do you think they're telling this story? Why are they saying this to people? Hmm? To give hope? To get them ready? So they'll know that, you know, we're about to have to face some major issues, major destruction, but there's going to be hope at the end of this. How many of you all feel like sometimes your life is just going downhill? Everything that can go wrong will go wrong that day. I'm so glad Mary raised her hand because I was up here while she was making the Thanksgiving dinner, y'all. And I am telling you, everything that could go wrong went wrong. The refrigerator broke. <laughs> the bowl she put the dressing in broke. <laughs> it was awful. Yes, the, the, the cable caught on fire. And that was just Thanksgiving. <laughs> we all know that other things, other awful things have happened in our lives. 
folks are sick right now. Many of us have family members who are really ill right now. Some of us may be ill, and we just managed to make it to church today. Some of us, our families are struggling. It was good to see the family on Thanksgiving, wasn't it? But how many of your family members do you know are really having a hard time right now? So sometimes, say sometimes, we need some hope, don't we? And see, Isaiah and Micah knew that these were some people who had not experienced the resurrection. They had not experienced a worship Sunday. Think about this, you all. When They went to temple. We go to church. They were worshiping the Sabbath. They had not experienced the Lord's day. I can't even imagine life like that. So why are they telling this story? It's because they are trying to help the people's hearts get prepared. We're going to go through a hard time. Tell your neighbor, we're going to go through a hard time. But things will get better. And you see, we right now today, and I'm trying not to get too far ahead because I want to stay in the Old Testament, but we have to start getting prepared and get our young people prepared that things are going to get harder than they are right now. We are in the end of times, you all. Things are going to get harder, and folks need to know there is hope, and Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Okay, come back to the Old Testament. I'm giving us too much hope. I want us to feel what they felt. when There was no pretty candles on Sunday. There was no, you know, Christmas trees. None of this existed. And Micah and Isaiah are trying to talk to the people to give them hope. What is the point of all the things that we're going through if there is no hope? There is no hope. You know, think about this. Hundreds of years ago, they had to convince an entire nation. Say entire nation. They had to convince an entire nation to get ready for a savior that was not even born yet. His mother wasn't even born yet. His earthly father wasn't even born yet. None of these people existed. But in the heart of God. One um, Yesterday, Pastor Antonia and I got to visit Cordelia Huffman. Anybody know Cordelia? Cordelia is an absolutely amazing person. And she was an original member of Calvary, and she's currently on hospice care. She is 95 years old, y'all. 95. That woman can remember the day she graduated high school to the year. I know I graduated in 91. That's all I got. It was the spring, maybe May or June. (laughs) When she was talking to us, she was sharing that As she's gotten older, she's realized that sometimes she'll be praying for something, and God may not answer that prayer for her, but God will answer it in her children or her grandchildren or even now her great-grandchildren. Prayers that were in her heart when she was in her 20s, she has seen revealed in her great-great-granddaughter. 
I looked at Cordelia and I told her, I said, you know, Cordelia, you are evidence, and many of us here at New Life at Calvary, that our merger mattered, that our merger was 100% God's plan. Why do I say that? Because I cannot imagine my life without the folks that we have gotten to know since we came over from Glenville. I am so glad to have Cordelia in my life. And as I look around you all, I see all of your faces, all of you all that weren't at Glenville originally, but you're here. And I'm like, wow, I get to be friends with Jessica. I get to be friends with Ed and Helena. I get to be friends with Anna. I get to be friends with all. Of, hey, I see you, Lorene. <laughs> I see you, George. How many of uh, Pastor Antonia. Hallelujah, Pearly. How many of us are original Glenville? How many of us are original Calvary? <laughs> Aren't you glad you know each other? And not only did we get to know each other, we got to know some new folks along the way. Look how we got Carrie. Look how we got Lenny. You know, we, we didn't have these folks at either church. And so many more of you out there, aren't you glad that we follow God's plan even when we couldn't tell what the end result was going to be? And there are more people God going to bring along the way. More people are coming our direction. You see, 100 years ago when Micah, not 100 years ago, over 700,000 years ago now, but when they were standing there talking, they were trying to convince a group of people to get on board for God's plan. And we think we have it tough. Do you think you have it tough trying to convince people to love Jesus? Can you convince, at least we can say he was born. <laughs> they, could, they said he will be born. <laughs> they had to give people hope and stuff that had not happened yet. The scariest part for Isaiah and Micah was choosing to speak on God's behalf, not knowing will the people believe. I mean, they got up well Saturday after Saturday after Saturday, not knowing if the people would believe. Will they have hope? Is there someone in your life today that you're wondering, will they believe in Jesus Christ? Will they ever have hope? I mean, how many of us have children and grandchildren and we looking at them like, please come to know the Lord. Please come to know the Lord. But whose testimony is that? Somebody was praying for you. You didn't know the Lord. Maybe they lived long enough to see you know the Lord, but maybe they did not. You know, this first Sunday of Advent, we're sitting right now in a place where I told you all, we don't, the Old Testament, the new, it's only the Old Testament. The New Testament has not arrived. But Micah and Isaiah are proclaiming a Savior will be born. A Savior will be born. And next week when Pastor Antonia preaches, she's going to start talking about Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph and the other people of this Christmas story. But for today, say today. I want you to experience today as if you didn't have no New Testament. Would you want some hope in your life? Would you be clinging to what Isaiah and Micah is saying, that Jesus is coming, 
There will be a Savior born into this world. And that's what we have today. We have hope. Tell your neighbor, we have hope. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for this day and this time together. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us together as one people, one body of Christ here at New Life at Calvary. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that all of us would understand and know just how blessed we are to have you in our lives, to have each other in our lives, Lord. Help us to not give up hope. Help us to help other people, even when it doesn't seem like they're going to believe in you at all, Lord. Help us to keep on trying, to keep on praying, to keep on guiding, to keep on believing in the very best. And we thank you, Holy Spirit. And we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Has God smiled on you today? Let us stand and we're going to sing with the praise choir, God has smiled on me.
How sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. God has, God has smiled on me. You all are being moved to next week. Uh, Diane Owens is not feeling well, and she did call in to uh, say that and ask for prayer. We are praying for Diane. We are praying for uh, uh, Cordelia Huffman and one other person. 
Billy? Billy Brown? Billy Brown? And who are you going to? Okay. Yes. Ruth, Sister June, is uh, we're Julie. Julie, thank you. Oh, she's in the emergency this morning. Praise God. We'll be Janet. We're praying for Janet. Oh, thank you. Uh, Tina Williams' mom, Janet, is back at the hospital, so we're praying for Janet Williams as well. I'm trying to write these names down, y'all. don't want to forget. We said Janet Williams, uh, Julie, Cordelia, and Billy, and Diane. Thank you. Yeah, I got to make sure I get all those names so we can pray for them by name. Um, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and our, our deacons this year have hosted the soup and sandwiches for Advent Sunday. So everyone, please feel free to enjoy some soup and sandwiches before you leave. We also have Ruby Turner has beautifully decorated our building, hasn't she? Ruby, had a, she had a few helpers. I know Hassan and Reginald and Lil T helped her out, but it was probably some others, and I just didn't see you. So we thank everyone that pitched in to help make our Jimuary beautiful. We do have the angel tree is over there in the fellowship hall. The angel tree are the children that need help with gifts this year. So you can take a red card off the wall and you can, um, you know, take a child and buy a gift for them. And we have a lot of kids this year, you all. Say a lot of kids. I think Pastor Antonio said 80 children. 80 children. So that's how you know how the need is. We don't have 80 children in our church, but there are 80 children that need help. And so whatever you can do to help, if you want to personally shop or if you want to donate money, we will gladly shop on your behalf. The, uh, also out there in the fellowship hall, you will see our, our I'm calling our, it's usually called the Rotulu stars, but they're actually Rotulu ornaments this year. If you buy an ornament, put your name on it. Uh, that money will go to the Rotulu um, Orphanage in Nigeria for their Christmas presents. So we take care of a lot of kids for Christmas, you all. So the other thing is um, Reverend Benassi has traveled to Liberia. And this is one of the hardest stories, you all. It is deeply, deeply heartbreaking and painful. Reverend Benassi is all right physically. But while he was on the plane, he had the money in an envelope, and it fell out of his pocket. Yes, it did. And then when he went back into, he was in the, in the airplane in the bathroom. When he went back in, the envelope was in the trash with no money in it. Reverend Benassi cried boo-hoo elephant tears like we know Reverend Benassi would. He was just heartbroken. The people showed him so much compassion that they raised up almost $3,000 in the airport <laughs> to replace. God is good, y'all. God is good. Well, remember, I just preached you. You think your day is bad, and he lifts you right back up. So they gave him $3,000 in American money, plus they gave him some other foreign uh, monies, currencies, rubles, and other other monies to take with him 
So he is not going empty-handed. He still will be a financial blessing to the Liberian church. Isn't God good? God is good. God is good. He will always turn things around for us. And so we continue. Please, Reverend Manasi called the day he left. We prayed for him. Matter of fact, he left on Thanksgiving Day. And so um, I think he has fully arrived in Liberia. But pray, pray, pray for Reverend Benesi. He is trying to be so faithful. And the devil, the enemy keeps trying to steal, kill, and destroy. So we will just keep praying and watching God work. So I think if you just make sure all the Bible study classes are back in this week, uh, just read carefully through your announcements. Did I, was anything that I did not get from you all that you wanted to share? The youth teachers are meeting after service. Jessica? Yes, please make sure you do some Christmas shopping with our guild. Um, the, this year they have added a Saturday, praise God. So pay attention that they have a Saturday and two Sundays. And I, I, I've neglected to say that uh, Joy Williams and Jave Williams have put out part two of Jave's book, um, Mar Marie Goes Back to School. So they will have books available, or you can take, give an order to uh, Joy. So we're just celebrating with her that they have accomplished two books now, praise God, two books. All right, friends and family, if we all want to stand for the benediction, and I'm going to try to pray for the meal too. Gracious and holy God, we again thank you for this season of Christmas. We thank you, Lord, that the story did not end in the Old Testament, and it continues in the New Testament. And we pray, Holy Spirit, for those that uh, names that were lifted that need you right now to heal their bodies, to comfort the, their hearts, and to be with them. We lift before you Tina Williams and Janet Williams and Julie and Cordelia and Diane and and we thank you for each and Billy and we thank you for each one of their lives. We lift up to you, Reverend Benesi, Lord, trusting in his care. Lord, we have seen mighty miracles today just in these individuals that they have survived some difficult and some challenging illnesses, Lord, and some challenging circumstances, but you have brought them through, and we thank you for your favor. We ask your blessing upon the meal that we are about to receive to the nourishment of our bodies, and we thank you, Lord, for the hands and hearts that have pre prepared and provided the meal. And gracious God, as we prepare to depart from this place, but never from your sight, Lord Jesus, help us to take all the fruit of your precious Holy Spirit, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, your faithfulness, and your self-control. We want to be found in your favor, and we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm mighty glad you came to church today.